0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm my like chip outs, man. I got this, yeah.
1: Back with another episode. Uh, this is episode 11 of Ankle Pick Pod. We got a small cast today. It's just me and the two Chords brothers in Colorado. Yeah, we got Danny. We got Kobe.
0: Small but mighty.
1: Um, it's going to be a very makeshift episode this week. We have been trying to do it each day, and it just keeps getting pushed back. So we're recording today on Thursday morning, and we have quite the time limit. So <laughs> we're just going to go. We're just going to have a good time. Three guys talking MMA and we'll see where it goes so we skipped an episode which is already bad looks we're not going to continue to do it but we saw that the main event was michelle waterson versus angela hill we all looked at each other and just unanimously agreed (laughs) that it's not worth it so we will touch on that card boys i i watched
0: it um i enjoyed it the main event was good you guys have any takeaways from that card uh, my main takeaway is just me to beat a dead horse. We talk about it so much, but just how questionable some of those decisions and some of those results were uh, even, even not so much with the judges, but the refereeing, when you go to the Mike Rodriguez, this Ed Herman finish.
1: Yeah, I was going to say which, so yeah, I was going to ask which one in particular I, Ed Herman, Mike Rodriguez is bad.
0: I lost a that lot of money great. on that
1: one too. Yeah. That was okay. bad.
0: On top of that, I scored uh, three rounds for Angela Hill, to be honest, but oh, that, one, that one's okay, less agreeable. Okay.
1: That's, that's acceptable, but I I actually had Watterson on my card, and I know I could be a little biased. I rode Watterson, and vice versa, you rode Hill. But well, and one, and, one,
0: I, and I scored two rounds for KGB Lee. I
1: did. That one's more up for okay. You scored two rounds for KGB, and Lee I'm a big well. Roxy I, fan I,
0: personally. I didn't
1: have a big issue with the judging this week but it kind of went in my favor. so.
0: That's right. I, thought the, um, I thought that the Roxy and the Karate Hottie fights were – I wasn't offended by the judges. I just disagreed with them, and yeah. that happens. And they were both I good fights. See, so.
1: I didn't see a lot of backlash either, social media or anything. But the Ed Herman versus Mike Rodriguez fight needs to be discussed. That was – so I had a shitload on Mike Rodriguez to beat Ed Herman. That was one of my official plays. I didn't see a path to victory for Ed Herman. I believe I was right. Uh, The judge had to give it to him. And so that was rough. So for those who didn't see it, Kobe, Danny, you guys both saw it, right? Yeah, yeah. We watched
0: it, I mean, together for the second time uh, yesterday. And, I mean, that fight could have ended three or four times. First with the body shot that the ref. Somehow called not a body shot and illegal. Yeah, the dude had a
1: nutsack on his nipple apparently.
0: Right, that Kimura was super cool.
1: I, yeah, I it was, it was really
0: cool. He should have never been in a situation where it was even a factor. The fight should have been over a round and a half before then. But man, when he when he locked up that Kimura and started yeah torquing it, well, you oh, can't blame the so fighter cool. for just like being put right. Continue to no, be you played by the ref like that's yeah, not like a way to finish. You
1: can, not I mean. you can, yeah, you can. not But and. It, Everyone would do the same thing. Every UFC fighter would do the same thing. There's a very small breed. I remember Anthony Smith got kneed in the face by John Jones in the main event illegal knee. And he could have easily taken the DQ in and moved on with the belt. And he decided, fuck that, let's continue. Let's run this. And and, and forever in it's my
0: response. Yeah. See,
1: <laughs> It would have a shitty way to win anyways, but good thing this was a less impactful fight. But Dana White gave Mike Rodriguez win win money, and for all the gamblers out there, they just got screwed. So for those who didn't watch, essentially, Mike Rodriguez TKO'd Ed Herman, knee to the body, Ed Herman folds over, he continues to ground and pound, and the ref steps in and decides to call it an illegal knee to the groin. After watching the replay a couple of times, it is so clear it's to the, to the chest and the upper pectoral. Herman kind of dodges around the question, and he sold the nut shot as if it was one.
0: Yeah, he was and rolling it for a minute.
1: Oh, yeah. All, all five minutes. He, he, was, he was grabbing his yeah. nut sack for five minutes. And then they start the third round after Mike Rodriguez has been beating him up. I mean, literally TKO'd him. And Ed Herman rips off a nasty Kimura. From the bottom, right, and then he right. He, Mike Rodriguez tried to step over,
0: and he right. yeah, That was Mike Rodriguez rolled through, and Ed Herman just kind of kept cranking. It was it was really yeah. cool, honestly. It was, I, it's not so often that you see Kimura finishes in the UFC, right?
1: And it's good good jujitsu, and I love Ed Herman, and he's one of those guys. He's forty years old, been in the UFC for a long time. It's interesting. One more thing I really want to touch on. I actually lost money on this one, but Ottoman as as I t- as I tear.
0: Yeah, Azatar.
1: Kama, Azatar, Kama Worthy. He's got some morale. power. Very, very, very impressive outcome that I did not see coming. Ottoman, he's undefeated, fighting Karma Worthy, who was a dog in both of his last two fights, pulled off the upset, looked good. He beat Davon Smith, who's the up and coming prospect. He was like the biggest under, one of the bigger underdogs ever.
0: And Violet Bob He's ko
1: in a minute. Yeah, he beat Byron Bob Ross, who he was an underdog, too. And then he beat Davon Smith, who is, who was like minus minus seven or 800 in that fight. And he TKO'd him in the first round. So people had a lot of hype on Kamal Con- Con- Worthy going into this. Gets KO'd first round, minute 33 in. Pretty quick. I was very, very impressed. Definitely. Uh, Ottoman. Ottoman's okay. something that um, I look forward to. Yeah, me too. That He's someone that... I didn't expect to win the fight. I thought he had a lot of work to, it, but he has some just insane, insane power. He's 30 years old, 155, but man, right now looking at his record, 13 and 0, 10 wins by KO, TKO, two wins by submission. I mean, I mean, I didn't think much of the Tamu any win, but this guy could be somebody. He, he's definitely someone that I'm keeping my keeping an eye out for. Well I okay. guess
0: I guess let's if we're talking about the lightweight division let's move on to some news and notes from our yes. MMA uh Dana White Great segue has come out and said that Tony will not be fighting Dustin that he claimed Dustin negotiated himself out of that fight but it sounds like from both fighters Dana negotiated that fight out from happening uh but there's some exciting Things happening in the lightweight division. They just signed, just this afternoon, they officially signed Michael Chandler. That is
1: an unbelievable sign.
0: He's officially the um, replacement fighter, if need be, if anything happens to either Justin or Khabib. I thought that he might even be the rumored fighter for Tony that uh, Dana had been talking about in replacement for Dustin. And now that he's not, I think that it might be Dan Hooker. Lightweight division's fun. No,
1: yeah, I know Hooker said he... He might want in on that. He also, Hooker was talking about how he might, if Dustin can't do it, Hooker would fight either of them, both Dustin or Tony. The thing about Michael Chandler, too, that's really interesting, is he's gone on and on. For those, he's a Bellator fighter, ex-Bellator fighter, considers himself one of the best in the world. I am inclined to actually agree with him. I think that his skill sets can match up anywhere. This is another Ben Aspen-ish test for me, where I'm excited to see how he does. The schedule
0: is Just a question mark. I mean, beating up a 40 right. year old Benson Henderson is not the same as competing with. I mean, even if you go I, like I six through 10 in this lightweight division, you got Charles Oliveira, Paul Felder, I akin to Kevin Lee, Darius. They're, they're killers in this. You
1: have, you have to remember, too, that he has two losses. This is big. He's got two losses, and I granted it is in 2014, but to Will Brooks, who actually. Was a hyped UFC prospect. Went 0-3 or like 1-3 in the UFC and actually got cut. And now he's fighting like LFA or something. Lost two, t- so he lost two, twice in a row to him. And he also recently got TKO'd in the first round by uh, Patricio Pitbull. I know he has the skill sets. Like, I believe in him. It's just going to be interesting to see how he holds up in the UFC. That, that's an interesting sign. That's a big time news story. The other one that we wanted to touch on, because there's a lot of animosity in the podcast about it, Costa. Izzy, nine days out. This card is also going to be midday in the U.S. Uh, no, I think it's Abu Dhabi. That That's their move. Yeah, it's, it's the same with
0: Habib and uh, Poirier. So it's going to be like, what, noon here? Right. Uh, I think that the main card starts 1 Eastern. I could be, I could be a little bit off about, about that. But, crazy. Yeah, a um, little bit of a bummer, but that'll be an exciting
1: one. I think we're still all on our it's designated It's long overdue for the
0: European UFC fans. We've been getting a lot of primetime Abu Dhabi main events, which has been weird. You're a,
1: nice, you're a nicer man than I. I say give no. every single person in the States – I want every main card to start at nine. No more of this bullshit.
0: I was like, already so signed eight. up for scramble on Saturday, and now i, like, I got to make a decision. <laughs> i got to either bail on some friends in my golf tournament or i got to come watch the Izzy fight live. I'll give you a hint. It's it a no-brainer. Like gave the pink hair off. It looks like he's getting down to uh, business. I, I know I was listening to an interview today where he's been living in city kickboxing with Brad Riddell, of France, Dan Hooker, and Alex for the last two and a half weeks. Yeah, I'm uh, not going to help him. And, and, and people say living in the gym like it's a, an idiom. No, they, they've they been sleeping on the jujitsu match. They've, they've been quarantining together. In city kickboxing. It's not going
1: to help him. Unless he gets infected by some radioactive material and gets some sort of weird superpower, it's not going to help
0: him. I don't know. We'll, we'll, He's a we'll dead man we'll, Yeah, we'll touch more. Yeah, yeah. We'll and touch then more the last more. thing what? for MMA news and notes yeah, is yeah. recently legalized the sport in the country of France. Uh, Paris is having their first ever professional MMA event, Bellator. Is making a plan. I think to be there mid-November. Card that's headlined by Jack Congo's is going to fight Tim Johnson, and Michael Venom Page has got Ross Houston. But it's two of Bellator's biggest stars in in the promotion. Uh, big kickoff event in Paris, the first ever professional MMA fight in France. That's a big
1: milestone, honestly, for the community and and this sport as a whole. France was one of those the last one of the last ones to always. When I first was a fan of the sport, the U.S. even had a bunch of states that didn't that outlawed it. I know New York was a big one. And P- countries and states have slowly come up, come around to it, and now seeing france Francis and Ghana trains out of there right Francis and, and Ghana zero Ghana yeah. there 's some talent yeah and so it 's nice to see that yeah it 's nice to see more of a worldwide acceptance of such a beautiful sport so moving forward we 're going to touch on the main event here for those listeners we 're going to have a very quick podcast today just due to the the last minute nature in the shortened panel go ahead and follow us on ankle pick pod we're gonna probably extend the coverage there a little bit definitely get our fight picks up this one's short and today the, um, the,
0: the, the people on twitter they don't want the picks in the pod they want the picks on twitter so we'll be updating them live so this
1: is actually i'm just scrolling through this card right
0: now this is a massive
1: card i mean oh, yeah. absolutely.
0: in my opinion it is the yeah. most pay-per-view fight night that i've seen in a long time 14 fights right 15 now okay let's do it dude Fe- feature prelim what do you got yeah so for my feature prelim i think i'm going to talk about the jerome rivera tyson niam fight
1: uh, Ooh, that
0: that gonna be mine. Okay. curtain jerker it should kick off the night pretty interestingly jerome rivera is a guy we recently saw on dana white's contender series and Tyson Nam is, I mean, he's he's been around the block. He's past two losses are Kai Carr, France Sergio Pettis, two toughest guys in this flyweight division. But he is 36. They're fighting at Bantam. What was that? They're fighting at Bantam. Sorry. Just so oh, that, yes. You know. Yeah, they are at Bantam.
1: I don't know if they always fought at Bantam. I, I know that Sergio Pettis moved up, but I, this fight right. this weekend will be taking place at, at Bantam. Sorry, just a note.
0: Continue. No yeah, no, Jerome Rivera was on Bantam, was at, fighting at Bantam uh, at the Contender Series too. Okay, go ahead. I just want to let the audience know that this is a Bantamweight fight. Continue. Tyson Nam is coming off of a pretty significant knockout win over uh, Dashiv, uh in the first round. But I am worried about his chin and his age. And I do think that Rivera is going to come in. and I know, I know he's the dog. He's, gonna, he's 5'10". He's going to come in much bigger and longer than Tyson Nam, and I think that he might be able to outpoint him here.
1: The line here on this one is pretty substantial. It's gotten bet up quite a bit. Tyson Nam is minus 170. Jerome Rivera is plus 150. So you can get a favorable dog there.
0: And I I think that it – I mean, a 72-inch reach is a no joke, especially for a bantamweight.
1: Yeah, especially someone who's planning on probably – Winning it on the scorecards. Right. So, not to shit in Danny's soda or whatever the expression is, I... That was the expression. And thank you. I was pretty confident in that one. I actually, for those listeners, I'm doing a four-unit bet on Tyson Nam. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've I, I, I got a lot of time to tape this week because I'm a DJ no-life, and I, I really like Tyson Nam here in this one. I think that the experience is going to help him. And I love what I've seen out of him recently, even with the two losses. I think he'll be able to close the distance on Jerome and really be able to win wherever this fight decides to go. So I was lucky enough to place the bet much earlier in the week, like Tuesday. And I got plus one or minus 130 on it or minus 140 on it. So I got a lot better value than it is right now. I don't know if I touch it at one seventy. I Danny, I think right. you I was much, about to say that's a much better like,
0: number than what I was looking at. Yeah, um, I was about to say I think I think Merrill also is body, a very opportunistic jujitsu guy. Um, I think if Tyson makes like, a mistake on the ground, it could end.
1: Like for sure. But he's no slouch on the ground too, right. which is what's so which is what makes this fight so interesting. But that's what's so crazy too, is I, I as I was looking at the line to to update the viewers, I was surprised that it got all the way up to one seventy. You you might be onto something as far as value goes. I'm gonna find out what line I got. I placed this bet Monday or Tuesday. So for me, when I saw minus one whatever I got, minus one thirty or something, I, I jumped on that value. So for a prelim, for me, it was gonna be Mizrod Bektik. I don't know if he's if this this fight might not happen. I don't know if Mizrod Mizrod is going to get a replacement opponent. Does it say it on Sure Dog or wherever you're looking, Danny?
0: No, he's got nothing yet. Well, I we okay. was going to feature that prelim. The theme of the card Saturday is wrestle. Fuck. There's going to be so much wrestling on this card. It's going to be annoying. But whether it's the Laramie Minner fight, whatever whoever Mersad Bektik fights. Whether it's Dern Marcos, and even in your main event, you got Colby T Wood, like two of the best wrestlers in the welterweight division. Yeah, yeah. theme of the night's wrestling.
1: So much, so, so, that much so that I actually don't expect that main event to wrestle, to to be wrestling much. So let's let's go ahead and just use that transition to go to the main card here. We're not going to do the main event challenge this week. We're missing too much of the panel. And we're the three that kind of don't really like it anyways. So, yeah, we're not going to do the main event challenge this week. It's just us three. Parker's gone. Shiner's gone. We're probably going to put the graphic up on Twitter just to continue the record going. Someone will be punished, obviously, at the end of the the season or the end of the year. But let's go ahead, dive into the main card. kind of We can touch on, on most of them. Right out the gate, middleweight fight. Kevin Holland versus Darren Stewart. Before we dive in, the line on that one is Kevin Holland minus 265. Darren Stewart plus 225. So I guess I'll
0: start on this one. I was on Maki Patolo a couple weeks ago when uh, the dentist fought him, and I was wrong on that one. Darren Stewart's been a guy that I haven't really been able to get a great read on, in all honesty. But even taping this fight, the line surprised me. And I'm a big Kevin Holland guy. I thought that it was going to be a much closer line. Um, I do think that Kevin... Uh Both guys have major KO power. I do think that Kevin Holland is the longer, more rangier, better point fighter if it, if it needs to kind of be won that way. Uh, Darren Stewart has a different striking style. He's kind of just, just a ball of energy that likes to explode. I think Kevin's the more well-rounded guy. I wouldn't be surprised if he pulled off a sneaky sub. But I don't think that there's any – I think this is a dog or pass. I don't think there's any value in the Kevin Holland yeah. minus 250.
1: So I got, sorry, I got Tyson Nam at at minus one forty eight. So a little bit of value, like twenty points, but uh, that's a four unit bet for that's me. So decent. yeah, it's so decent. I got it early in the week, Tuesday. I wouldn't be surprised if that thing closes closer to minus two hundred. I guess we'll see, but I don't want to backtrack here. So for me, it's also a no bet, Danny. I'm right there with you. Thing that's so crazy is Kevin Holland for someone so long and so lanky, he's really good at using those elbows, but he also has a, a a crazy amount of power behind him. We saw him with that flash knockout last time. Out. The one thing that concerns me about this one and the thing that's stopping me from laying Kevin Holland here, because Darren Stewart's lost some bad ones. I mean, you never know what you're going to get with Darren Stewart. He either shows up and you're like, wow, this guy's great, or you're like, "What the? what is this guy? You know what I mean? He's a fraud. Yep. But if he can wrestle him and dominate him on the ground and control him, keep him on his back, keep him fighting off his back, and Kevin Holland just trying to rip up submissions, this is this
0: is Darren Stewart's fight to lose. Darren Stewart's or Kevin Holland? Because Kevin like, Holland out-wrestled blood. GM3, which was one of the most impressive things that I've seen while taping. I think that if Kevin Holland can get Darren Stewart on his butt, it's Kevin's to lose.
1: No, I agree. Okay, yeah. yeah I no, I, no, I agree. I'm saying whoever can dominate – because if this is gonna stay on the feet and strike, this is Kevin Holland's victory. I'm pretty confident in that, to be honest with you. Because he's just so much rangier. Darren Stewart's a short middleweight. And Kevin Holland's so good at distance control and and, and getting good strikes off from at range. Great footwork. Now, if this turns into a, re- a wrestling match and Darren Stewart can, can dominate the wrestling where Kevin Holland's fighting off his back, I think Darren Stewart, it's his fight to lose.
0: So, yeah. So, I, I guess I I think I a little bit disagree with you. I think that Kevin Holland's got sneaky grappling. Uh, I agree. Watching the DM 3 fight, the Jeremy Mearsh- Mearshart, who we'll talk about later, I thought that for sure it was Gerald's fight to lose if he got uh, Holland on his back. But that was a fun fight from a grappling perspective in, in terms of the scrambles, in terms of the sweeps. It was – at no point was GM3 just wet blanket controlling. It was surprising how yeah. good Kevin was at getting off his back and into a dominant position.
1: And that was actually a split decision win for Kevin Holland. So it was right. still close. But, like, did you watch the Brendan Allen fight, who's a dominant, phenomenal wrestler? He won by rear naked choke. Not Kevin Holland, Brendan Allen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, Brendan Allen is, in my opinion, significantly better than Darren Stewart on the ground and jiu jitsu wise. It's just something of note to me that it's possible. You know, there's holes. Oh, there's, definitely. There's the ability to to ride Kevin Holland out on the ground, possibly sneak a submission out. So it's tough to sit there at 265 and feel confident about that. So women's strawweight, this girl is someone I'm really excited about. Mackenzie Dern. She has a fake Brazilian – or, yes. No, yes. Is a fake Brazilian accent?
0: Yeah. She – I mean – I think her Brazilian accent is is real. I think that she forgetting how to speak English is fake. <laughs> she, was no, and raised, she was born in raised She was born in Phoenix, Arizona. She was speaking perfect English four years ago. How do you yeah, forget how to speak
1: English? Exactly. You don't. You don't develop. The, it's a fake British accent because she turns it off and on <laughs> at will. But nonetheless, she recently had a kid,
0: which is pretty cool as well. But I usually fade fighters that. Recently, have kids, just except for Cowboy. <laughs> no, men and we'll get we'll get there. to
1: that. Oh yeah, Cowboy here too. Wow, we're we're doing really good with the foreshadowing today. uh <laughs> Random Marcos versus Mackenzie Dern. I'm gonna check the line on this bad boy. We got Random Marcos plus one plus one forty-five. Yeah, Mackenzie Dern minus one sixty-five. That's over five times. Yeah, as
0: you kind of alluded to, I'm really excited about this Mackenzie Dern, Dern girl. Um. She's a two-time – I mean, there, there, there are jiu-jitsu black belts, and then there are world champions at the black belt level, and Mer- Mackenzie Dern's a two-time world champion at the black belt level. Uh, that, right. It's just there, – there are levels to this shit, and Mackenzie Dern is unbelievable. If this fight hits the mat, it's over. Uh, it's we are rock, mat. Uh, it's, it, I'm worried about her hands, but it's I, – I, same – I agree with you. I think it's going to hit the mat. I think that Randa, she's a wrestler. She's gonna, regardless of if she knows it or not, she's gonna play right into Mackenzie Dern's hand. I think that there's a enticing prop on Dern in round one.
1: Ooh, you think so? So, do you think that the the jiu jitsu gap is that massive? Because um, Randa Marcos is obviously 10 and 8, but she lost. One of her eight losses is by submission. Seven is by decision. And then her wins, she has six decisions and four submissions. So both, neither of these girls have ever k- KO'd or TKO'd anybody. Ray right. A, uses her wrestling, undoubtedly. She's a dominant wrestler. She likes to lean on her wrestling. Mackenzie Dern is fighting off her back. Is the gap in jiu-jitsu skill that massive that Mackenzie Dern can kind of rip off a sub at skill because Randa Marcos just lost to Amanda Hivas but by
0: decision and she's no slouch on the ground. She's no slouch on the ground for sure, um, but I do think that Mackenzie, like I do think that the gap is that big. Mackenzie Dern is an, un- especially in the first round when Rand is going to be dry. She's mm. so unbelievable at pulling off these submissions. Uh,
1: Something I mean, of note both these girls have some similar opponents. Um, they both have lost to Amanda Hibas. Mackenzie Dern lost to her in 2019 by unanimous decision. Randa Marcos lost to her in March of this year, also by unanimous decision. Then they both fought Ashley Yoder as well. And they both, I believe, are split decision victors, which is pretty crazy as well. They are. They're both split decision victors. So that's... This one's going to be closer than – because a lot of people have a lot of hype behind Mackenzie Dern. And so there's definitely the ability for people to, to ride Mackenzie Dern and, and steam that line up. And you can get random Marcos at value. I mean, 10 and 8, but people kind of – they might sleep on her wrestling or, or her own jujitsu ability. I just don't ability. think the
0: Quiet Storm is what she used to be. And I think that, okay. I, I think that, I think that Mackenzie Dern gets it done here. But uh, I can actually respect I mean, that. speaking of hype trains, we've got Johnny Walker in the next one. Yeah, that one's exciting. It's, I'm excited I about that I think that he's hype. I mean, as much as he's been derailed having two losses in a row, he's still the favorite coming in against Ryan Spann, who's on, like, what, a, a six-fight win streak, an eight-fight win streak? I'm,
1: I won't even li- – no way. He's, I won't even lie to you. I'm a big – I'm all in on the fade Ryan Spann train. I think really? he is. Oh yeah, I think an eight he is win extremely three. beatable. Yeah, he's uh, on yeah, an eight-play win. Split decision win, 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 win. win over. Split decision win over Sam Alvey. You're trash.
0: He he hasn't been beat. KO since punches.
1: The KO punch to Lil Nog. Okay, congratulations. I mean, look at his. Power over
0: was there. the last person to beat him. Contender series. He's never but, lost in the UFC. No,
1: but. Correct, but look look at these people that he's fighting. The only win that I'm like, oh, that's actually pretty good is Devin Clark. That's it. Yeah, that's it. So, so people are talking about this guy like he's so good. His striking is beyond loopy. It's beyond, and I know he's a submission guy. His striking, I mean, Sam Alvey is out this man. I think could Johnny Walker get J- Ryan Spann could sub Johnny Walker, but I mean he's. Johnny Walker's no slug. He's a Brazilian. I mean, he, he probably – they could do BJJ in their sleep. I, I wouldn't be but surprised still, if Johnny Walker – That's a
0: misconception. He's a, he's a Brazilian Muay Thai guy. If you looked at the Nikita, Nikita Krylov fight, he couldn't get off his back for to save his life. Uh, he's been that's switching true. gyms. He, he blamed – his that old is gym for the Corey Anderson loss, and then moved to TriStar, and then lost to Nikita Kurilov and now has moved to Sbg Ireland. And he says John Kavanaugh is going to solve everything. Your problem was grappling, dude. John Kavanaugh's yeah. not going to solve shit. No, you, okay, you're dead
1: right. I walk that back instantly. That is a misconception. Honestly, it's a stereotype. Look at, go ahead, and, and when you look at the, the the tier of opponent these guys are fighting, it's not close. I mean, it's, it's not, not close. close. I mean, he. He KO'd Khalil Roundtree round one, KO'd Justin with that. That's nothing. Beat Misha Serkinov flying knee punches all first round. Lost to Corey Anderson, who again he was a title contender, borderline. He ended up getting fucking crunched by Jan Blachowicz, but that's not here nor there. Okay, Nikita Krylov also a top tier fighter. Ryan Spans fighting, getting
0: split decisions against Sam Alvey. I mean. Here's the thing. The game the the recipe is out to beat Johnny Walker. You take him down, you put him on his ass, yes. and it's over. He can't get off. Yes. And that's what that's what Ryan Superman Span does. That's all he does. It's it, it's tough because after that Menafield loss that we suffered I, 2 weeks ago, I have no faith at all in the game plan of Fortis MMA. Ryan Ryan Span mm. can come out there and think that he wants to throw hands with Johnny Walker because Apparently Saif Sayud is an idiot and I didn't know that.
1: No, that the Alonzo Mayfield game plan was terrible, but he also is such a one-dimensional fighter and he was giving up so much range in that fight. But I, I mean I hate us. Whatever. We're getting bogged down.
0: A loss a <laughs> loss for span here would definitely put Fortis MMA on tilt though. After Al-Hassan Hassan or a loss for Span. I don't think
1: Ron. Al Hassan,
0: Bird, Miles Johns have all lost in 2020. Jeff Neal has been like dropped out of like two fights. No one, no one in Forrest is doing anything after they had an unbelievable 2019.
1: I would happily eat crow if Ryan Spann all of a sudden goes on a tear and starts beating top-level fighters. All I'm saying is when I look at guys fight multiple times and I see massive holes, I usually tend to be right. Izzy Adesine is the only outlier here, and I'm still not wrong. I'm convinced. He got dropped three times by Calvin Gaston and was five was but we'll talk about that next week the point is is i think that if obviously i think this is pretty generic but if it stays on the feet i mean it's johnny walker i mean johnny walker kotko easy
0: and i just i just don't think it will and i think okay there's value so that's the dog.
1: that's yeah. what it comes down to but you think yeah. there's there's value at 105 what would you make this line you're a bookmaker What what do you make this line
0: i i would i would make the i would flip it um, I think that Johnny Walker, the, I mean, the recipe's out there. He's on a two-fight skid versus a guy who's on an eight-fight win streak. I, w- I think that it, the line's not ridiculous. but not that eight-fight win streak,
1: I don't count a split decision win over Sam Alvey as a win, in my opinion, or a KO of Lil Nog. I mean, okay, so you're sending zombies at his way. Like, I don't give a shit. Those guys are garbage. Like, they're so – at this point in their career, I, they're both great respectively on their – but. When you're telling me that he's getting a split decision victory over 40 year old smiling Sam Alvey, I'm not like, how am I supposed to be impressed by that eight fight win streak? You're not.
0: Right now? You're not.
1: But, but so Johnny Walker opened, opened at minus one forty five, and it's steamed down to one twenty five. So that's something that's interesting. Vegas seems, I mean, this is the classic. How he was so hyped, dropped two straight. Line too low. Let's keep trucking because I know you want to talk about this one. This one's one that that, that needs to be discussed. Cosmat Chemaya versus Gerald GM3
0: Murchard. Yeah, I mean this is this is your the, the hype train continues for Hamzat. Um, GM3 feels very disrespected. I know they booked two like they booked Dami and Maya after this fight with the thinking that Hamzat was gonna run through GM3 and um gm3 didn't really like that i think that at the minus 400 clip it's it there's no value here uh i I expect hamzat to smash just because of the styles i know that gm3 has pretty pretty great grappling in all honesty and he's pretty decent off his back i just think that hamzat's Similar to Khabib, he's a wet blanket style, pound you into the ground. I, I, don't, I don't see any value here, and I don't want to play Hamzat at minus 400, but I, I enjoy, or I'm excited to see him fight.
1: One thing I do want to note, just touch on, is Shmayev is 8-0, obviously. But he's a rather young, inexperienced fighter. Is that fair to say he's 26? Definitely. GM3. 32 years old, 23 wins by submission, 23, and two, three losses by decision. So does experience play a big factor here? I am with you. I think that this is a, this is a dog or no bet for me. It's but something of note, too. Right now, the line is minus 390 for Shemayev, plus 320 for Gerald Murchart. It opened at minus 610 for Shemayev. And plus 425 for GM3. I mean, that's an insane line.
0: I mean, you, you got to remember that. How do you ever bet that? GM, GM3 GM got out grappled by Kevin Holland, and then he got full mounted by Trevin Giles. You think Hobbs out is looks. not Yeah, that's
1: bad looks. No, that's bad looks. That's bad looks. I won't lie to you. That's bad looks. What I'm saying, though, is what about a really sneaky prop? GM3 first round sub victory. Oh, 25 million to one. Oh. okay let's keep trucking before we get before this like not only becomes an hour and a half long podcast but we continue to talk about one million and fifty to one okay co-main event this is another one i personally am betting but i'm gonna let you go first on it donald cowboy cerrone versus nico price
0: this one's gonna be uh so yeah the way i mean the way that you introduced it i I feel like you got to be on nico but interesting i mean so, I, as, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, there, I usually fade anyone that's had a kid recently except for Cowboy Cerrone. Cowboy Cerrone, nope. the second that he had danger, he went on that title run that was at, like, 35 years old. Last week, he had Riot River Cerrone. Top two name in the world, maybe. Um, Jesus Christ. Dude, this dude's
1: just pumping out kids. Holy shit.
0: <laughs> but what about the name Riot River?
1: I don't know um, what name is going to top that, to be perfectly honest. Lit, no, lit name. That's so – and it's, that's such in cowboy fashion. But Jesus Christ, does this dude fight? Fighting might be a second job between pumping out kids. Oh, my Lord. Go I ahead. I mean, and-
0: just looking – I know we talk about strength of schedule a ton. Cowboys on a four-fight skid. But that four-fight skid is Tony, Justin, Connor, and then I thought he, bet, he beat Anthony Pettis. They were playing patty cake. They were teammates, whatever. But I disagreed with those decisions or with that decision. But Connor, Justin, Tony, those are killers. And before that, he's getting wins over Ali Quinta. I mean, I think that – Alexander Hernandez is a big one too. That's the for head sure. TKO. I think that – Sub
1: Mike Perry by an arm bar as well.
0: I think that Cowboy is the better martial artist almost anywhere. But Nico Price has proved time and time again that you don't have to be the better martial artist to win in the octagon. He's the biggest, like, I'm going to do it. I don't care if you're better than me. I'm going to kill you. Yeah, and so this one's so weird. It, it's tough because he also doesn't have the best fight IQ. With that, he's he's very willing to eat five to land one. And it only and, and that,
1: that only takes talent. you so far. That's the thing. That only takes you so far because at a certain point, it doesn't matter how bad you want it and how hungry you are if the other guy is just better. You know what I mean? Just better everywhere.
0: To me, this one is. I'm not on it yet. I think that it's a dogger pass for me. I'm probably going to ride Cerrone for a low unit. Yeah. Probably. I'm, I just I'm actually that... with you. Awesome. No, go ahead. What were you going to say? I think that – Right, yeah. I, I just think that Nico's fight IQ is going to hurt him here, and I think that he, he also might have the propensity to play nice if that – like Cowboy is a legend, and a lot of people treat him like a legend, and I think that Nico's going to be one of those guys. I expect yeah. like and, I expect the bloodbath, but I expect them to kind of respect each other.
1: Yeah, I just so going through he he lost to Vicente Luque, beat beat George Sullivan, beat Randy Brown, lost to Abdul Razak who's a I mean that was a first round KO. He's a bad man. Um, beat Tim Means. I actually was at that fight. Uh, that was over in Wichita. That was a that was a good fight. That was a flashing flash knockout. Pretty cool. Lost to Joff Neal TKO.
0: Beat James Vick, glass chin, up kick. Lost to Vicente Luque. That was man. one of the coolest TKO knockouts of was. all time, by the way. I was on, I was yeah, on God Nico James Price Vick. there, and I will never forget that knockout. Oh my gosh! No, no it's that? it's hard
1: guy. to. So the one thing that I want to think of note is, I think that every single person and their mother is like, "Oh, this is gonna end in TKO KO." I'm actually so I'm riding the under one and a half in this fight. I'm 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 riding the under one and a half in this fight, but. I actually think Sorona could get it down by stuff. No cap I love that. No bullshit. No bullshit. Um, just because like you said, he's such a well-rounded mixed martial artist and as much as Donald's down to just go to war and throw fists, which is very possible, he also like he likes to win.
0: And and I think right. that he I think has he the almost ability tricks to- people when he when he gets out there and says, We're gonna make this a fan friendly fight, we're both gonna go for the bonus, we we're gonna bang right. and this that but he can go anywhere. He can beat you anywhere. He can go anywhere. You don't don't
1: be conceived that everyone thinks he's just the stand in bang guy, which he is. Ten wins Would by KO TKO. But he, he's a jujitsu <laughs> fucking expert. Ten, that's what I'm saying. Ten wins by KOTKO, 17 by submission. Think about that. Crazy. So that's, that's something the one I'm betting I got two units on the under in that one. I wanted to go in the distance. Line was too high. It was minus, like minus one 265. Yeah, crazy. I can't do that because you never really know these guys.
0: You, like, yeah. you can't, that minus no, you can't do it three-rounder. You can't do it.
1: You can't do it. And, and I wanted to, but uh, I think under is an easier play. And if you miss, whatever, only two units. So I'm riding that. Main event, this is one that's been long, 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 long anticipated. I mean, I've been waiting on this long for a long anticipated. time. I think
0: it's the fourth time oh, they booked the- it. Uh, a one of bad blood, blood here. wouldn't take it, and he took uh Nate Diaz instead. And then yeah, Colby okay. wouldn't take it because he wanted to get his like nose done or some shit. Then I mean, this is almost the same like conversation as the uh Ferguson can... Khabib and the Ankoleev of Kutulaba. All the like the no, the cra- devil is on crazy. this this matchup. Yeah, I'm, a lot... I'm hoping that COVID or weigh ins don't inhibit it for a
1: long time while while Tyron was the title holder, he, was, it, he wasn't ducking. I don't think Tyron ducks from anybody, but him and Colby were I mean, constantly bowing out for different medical reasons. Tyron like dislocated his pinky or something, had to have surgery on it. That took six months. So this has been long anticipated. The line on this one is massive. Way bigger than it ever would have been, call it, two years ago. Colby Covington is minus 345, Tyron Woodley plus 285. The story behind this one, for me, is, I mean, there's a lot of bad blood here. Genuine, genuine bad blood. This is no bullshit. This is no, we're going to try to sell this car. I mean, this is real.
0: Well, th- well when they first, when they were, <laughs> when there were talks four times ago, they were both training at ATT, and Colby called out Tyron, and everyone was like, holy shit, this is going to break up the gym. What's going on? I mean, yeah. well, obviously, you know, there's been a saga that's far eclipsed the t Wood stuff. I mean, with Kamaru and Jorge and Colby and T, AT and T, but uh, AT and T right there. Good cell service. But that was the, uh, but that was kind of the, the kickoff of it. It was Colby calling out his teammate, and everyone was like, "What the hell is going on?" And that was also the kickoff of his whole like persona of what we know Colby Covington to be. We all know
1: that. Colby Covington at this point is perfectly happy playing the villain. I mean, he just like pretends to be it, but this 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 one and the one with Bar is very real. So that that leads me into this fight here, and there's a good chance I actually ride T Wood, and I'll tell you why. I know, I know, I'll tell you why. Because all of two years ago, I would have told you that T Wood's the best welterweight to ever walked the face of this earth. Since then, he has gotten brutally beaten multiple times. And it looked like his Kamara took his soul. I mean, that Gilbert Burns fight was the most underwhelming. I don't want to be here. I'm going to throw two frozen. strikes
0: per round, frozen. That's and what he's not going to let him think. Colby Kobe works off output. Kobe works I off agree. Kobe Kobe's going to
1: exhaust you. I agree. And you look at the you look at the Kamaru fight, how they both fought Kamaru, it's not close.
0: And if you if I mean I know I'm buying into a little bit of like marketing hype here, Colby's boxing coach came out uh I think yesterday and said Colby's been fighting um Southpaw his whole life. The dude's a righty, he wrestles righty. What like what's we switched him to be like fighting Orthodox and Orthodox Colby's been knocking out all of his fucking training partners. I don't know if that's his hype or if that's one. Like, he was a great striker as a fucking southpaw. How is, no, like, how is he fighting with his off hand? No,
1: he, he's a great fighter. Like, arguably, if, I mean, this is one of those where it's kind of like Daniel Cormier in light heavyweight, where he's always going to be eclipsed by John Jones. There's a chance that any other era, Colby Covington is the guy that just is the guy. Unfortunately, he's fighting when Kamaru's alive. You know, and that's just tough. Right. Kumar is a different beast.
0: I think that they have the one, almost identical skill sets. I just think that Kamaru's a level ahead. I think that he yeah. would step behind both. I think that this is not going to be well, a so. That's
1: what leads fight. me to, That's what leads me to this. I think that this fight right here for Tyron Woodley is win or retirement. If he gets dominated here, if he gets smoked here. I think he hangs his gloves right there because if you can't if he can't get up for this fight, if he can't get up and and want to beat the shit out of this man, then he, he truly has lost his steam and he needs to he's done I mean he that's it he's fried I am I feel pretty confident that Tyre Woodsey's gonna be able to get up for this fight. I feel pretty confident that. Him, his coaching staff, his corner, have the hype and the preparedness and the the veteran experience, and not only that, but also the 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 he want the legacy. He doesn't want to go out like how he's been going out. And so two years ago, this line was Tyron Woodley minus one seventy when he was holding the belt.
0: Now it's plus two. I mean he's been eight? exposed since then. I don't think that what? I don't think no. that See, I, I, I argue. Think gonna stay on the feet. As a counterpuncher, I, I think Woodley's at a supreme disadvantage here. I think Covington's gonna throw a hundred strikes in the first two rounds to Woodley's 18. Like regardless Why? of what lands. No, I agree. But but
1: what how did how has Tyron Woodley been exposed? Like in what regard? Because to me, the only thing that's been exposed is his will to be in the octagon. That's it.
0: I think because that he, people are no longer like afraid he, of his hands, and I think that guys like Kamaru and Colby are better wrestlers than him. And I and that's a tough thing. It's a tough thing to say with, with when you're talking yeah. about Tyron Woodley. I know. See, I at I, one see, point in conversations to be the welterweight goat, but. I I think that's one where his wrestling pedigree gave him a a leg up against almost everyone in the division. I agree. And at this point when there's a guy like Kamaru and a guy like Colby who are just as good, if not better, it hurts. And then his hands are, he's a counter puncher. The volume's going to win. I agree. And
1: I I just, I agree a hundred percent. I don't think that Colby Covington or Kumaru are better wrestlers. I think that they they might be physically more dominant, and I also think that they are able to keep a pace that Tyron might not be able to. But, like, the foundation of wrestling, I don't think that there's a disadvantage in either. But I agree. I think high volume is going to hurt T-Wood. I just, when I saw that line at 285, and this might just be the old school, like, I saw it when T-Wood
0: was the favorite, and I'm shocked. But you're telling me that this fight happens... I'm definitely not telling you that... I would bet Colby. I'm just definitely telling you, I'm I'm not comfortable betting T Wood after what I saw. I and that
1: I can understand. I just think more is like the reason why I would bet T Wood here is because if he can't get up for this fight, then he need, then he's done. Then he's retiring, and that and that's fine. If he if he gets absolutely mauled and retires, then I'm happy losing a unit. I'm like whatever. That's fine. Yeah, I was Let's on T Wood in the, in the
0: Burns fight as a big Me too. Burns fan. Terrible I, look. I, but I kind of thought that. The same way. If he didn't get up, he's done. And I think that this is a tougher matchup for him. And it's
1: it's it's a tougher matchup. But but like what? Gilbert Burns isn't a big shit talker. Gilbert Burns isn't a big name. Even still, people are like, oh, I don't want to watch Kamara versus Gilbert. I mean, that doesn't get the casual fan excited. And it it was just another day at the office for Woodley. No fans. Apex
0: gym. Now you're telling me that a guy in Tyron's head to the point where Tyron's training with George, how is that going to help? Like what kind of style, what kind of information does George have?
1: It wouldn't be stylistic. It'd be the fact that George is trained with Colby for such a high percentage of his life that they lived together. They were roommates that there might be insight into how to beat
0: this man. I just think that it's, I think that Colby put him on tilt and he called George because he didn't know what to do. It, It, I don't see, know. See, I, I think, think that's looking
1: into something. I don't know. Maybe. I'm just saying that there's so that can get up for this fight like we used to see. And we see throwback, I'm ready to fight T Wood. I'm saying that a 280 line is generous. He might still lose. Oh, he definitely. might still lose. Definitely. He might still lose.
0: I'm just saying that if T Wood. I'm I hate this number. Is.
1: So let me put this in perspective. If this, fight, if this line was Colby Covington minus 170, Tyron Woodley plus 140,
0: i am be your max bet.
1: Me too. Me too. And so it's I'm not saying that I think Tyron's going to win this fight. I know that there's play, spots where he can lose. I'm just saying that in this game of combat sports, the key to betting is finding value because these guys are both extremely, extremely high-level mixed martial artists, and no one's going to win 10 times out of 10. They just – I mean, you just – it's just so hard. I mean, this sport is so insane, and so I mean, it's one combo, it's one punch, one button, it's one punch, one. It, it could be a jab. I've seen people go out on jab right. before. It's just, it's just so weird, so fluky, okay. and so you could go for a takedown, and and the ultimate fighter, Nate Diaz versus a Parisian guy, shot for a takedown, dislocated his shoulder, boom, fight over it. I mean, like it's literally that. I mean, you're going to war, and so. Woodley, if he shows up ready to fight, wants this one, wants to show that he's not done, that he's not a, that he's not done, that he wants trying to fix his legacy and he can get up for this fight, I think 280's a gift. That's all.
0: I agree. I I, I okay. hate the number. I agree. Uh That's I awesome. guess to close the show, we've got breaking news. in in uh instead of gory is fighting Mursod backtics, is Damon Jackson, an LFA product. Um out of Fortis MMA yeah. also.
1: Yeah, so that guy's gonna die. That's fine. Yeah. Mizra vectic super chinny, but God fuck can that
0: guy wrestle. He, he, oh it's a, it's gonna be a wrestle fuck. He's gonna kill him. Yeah, he's gonna
1: do what Darren Elkins what he did to Darren Elkins, but just not get flash pan KO'd in the third round up against the cage. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, I hope this podcast was a good one for you viewers. We threw this together last second. We had kind of a tiny panel here today. We just didn't want to take two weeks off. Love doing this and love the sport. So this card this week looks great. Get the booze ready early. This is a fifteen fight card now with that mid round oh, yeah. backtick news. Yeah. So we now let's try some fucking p. money. Central. Let's make some money. <clears throat> Follow us over on Ankle Pick Pod. We're going to be posting all our plays, probably a good amount too. So I think, us, I think this is crazy. Cool. Parker's going to have this up hopefully for the And